Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. Do we now have three races? We're going to talk the thriller at the Etihad and Chris's quick prediction, but slow fingers. Gentlemen, how's it going? Hey, hey. What up, Nate? Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing all right. How are Good. you doing, Nate? I'm a little under the weather, but uh, pushing on. It just came on me like in the last like 15 minutes. So, um, podcast will do that to you. It will. Yeah. Well known fact. Well, guys, we had an exciting weekend of Premier League uh, football. Uh, as I, as I teased, we have a title race again, the race for fourth continues and, uh, the relegation, there's a relegation, uh, battle as well. Lots of interesting stuff to talk about, but we have to start with, uh, Tottenham city at the Etihad. Uh, my lock of the week seemed so secure. I finally got to pick city after all these weeks and they let me down. I was coaching my sons, both of my sons, uh, flag football, uh, quarterfinal match, which they won. Uh, so I did not get to see that match, but you guys were texting me. Uh, yeah, obviously I've seen the highlights since, since then, but, uh, take it away, gentlemen. Chris, what you got? It was a fun match. It was a it was a fun match. It had kind of had everything that you could possibly want. Uh, a lot of action back and forth. Uh, VAR decisions that potentially put points on the line, and then two ninety-plus minute goals, one crazier than the other, which was on a penalty. Um, so it was just those are the matches that like. I get to just sit back and watch and can kind of enjoy. I think especially for me, just wanting a, you know, a championship race. Uh, I was definitely rooting for Spurs to win that match. Um, so that was good. The fact that Spurs pulled it off in the 96th minute with a Harry Kane goal that kind of came out of nowhere. So overall, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more from a game. You kind of got a little bit of everything. It was really incredible that it's at the Etihad, right? Like it's, it's not Tottenham. Tottenham doesn't even have that advantage. Um, and city is just a team that doesn't, <laughs> I don't know doesn't if lose. playing there is an advantage for anybody considering they can't sell it out no matter who they play. I'm not well, sure if true. either, I'm not sure if either uh, stadium is if either one sell out strong <laughs> advantage or disadvantage. Let's say it's a 51 49 advantage to city <laughs> to play at home, <laughs> but still like, um, I mean, City is just a team that has they don't lose. They haven't lost since October. So I guess it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant where they're playing the game. But haven't lost since October. Tottenham has looked good at moments, have looked really shaky and terrible at other moments. So I think they're, like, in better form under Conte. But still, like, no one could have predicted Tottenham to do this to City. Um, and it was crazy, too. I mean, even, you know, we talked a little bit about the um, – the the VAR decision, the handball, the, the penalty at the end, but City was livid that it wasn't 
a red card for like an intentional. I mean, as you said, like he's sliding. I was just watching it before we started. Like he's just like puts an arm right in front of his face. It hits right where his face, you know, like would have hit his face, but they were, they were arguing for red card. So it was just wild down to the, down the stretch. And then, yeah, Harry Kane, who just hasn't scored hardly at all this year, last second goal, but to have that kind of back and forth, it's pretty exciting. Well, and I even wondered too, like watching what just watching the highlights, obviously, but um the few thing the few runs I saw Harry Kane make, the few like action, the few pieces of action I saw with him, he looked like a man on a mission. <laughs> it's almost like, is there is he auditioning? Is he like <laughs> is he kind of just pissed at the whole scenario and playing city brings it all up again? <laughs> like, but he did. He looked is more, he mad the city didn't sign him? Like, was there something that went down and he felt slighted or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just looked, he looked like Harry Kane of old for sure. At least in the clips yeah. I saw. Yeah, for sure. But most importantly, city dropped three points. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done that in a long time. As much as I want to see a title race, I'm definitely lo- rooting for <laughs> those four through eight teams to lose. So I was, I was pulling for a draw, which would give me a little of both. Right. But so I was, I was rather disappointed to see Spurs come away with the win personally as a Wolves fan, but, but yeah, I mean, Tim, we talked a little bit earlier today, but um, Liverpool had a, a nice comeback victory. If if you can call it that I texted both of you guys, I was watching Arsenal with Titus. I texted both of you like the big eye emoji, uh, with the score line of one nil. Yep. Um, and then Chris, what did you text back? <laughs> I said, what are the odds on three, one final for <laughs> Liverpool? And I pulled it up plus 1200. I was putting the bet in. This is where I went wrong. Yep. I'm just a sucker for parlays. Yeah. And so I was trying to parlay three, one final score with Mane and Salah being goal scorers, but I guess you can't parlay live, uh, live scoring on FanDuel. At least I I wasn't Uh allowed to parlay live scoring during a game with like anytime goal scorers. So I was getting frustrated that it wasn't letting me parlay them. So I kept changing my slip. And as I am doing that, Mane scores and it's Uh And in what feels like 42 seconds later, yep. Salah scores and it's two one. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Cause <laughs> I'm sure that the bet would have been like a plus four to 6,000. If I would have gotten the three one totally and the money yeah. and Salah yeah, yeah. as any time goal, it would have been an insane bet. And yeah. it would have been so fun to hit. And needless to say, we'll let you get into the, the details of it a little bit later, Tim, but Liverpool won three, one. And yes, they because did. I got greedy, I missed out on what was just an easy cash out for me. <laughs> well, I was rooting for a three, two or a four, one win so that you didn't have to live with that regret. <laughs> Cause I know how that is. Sometimes yeah. when I miss a bet like that, I root for like my bet. Not there's like the dual, like feeling yeah. inside of you. There's the pride that says, I want this bet to hit, even if I don't win the money, but then you're kind of like, well, I hope it doesn't. So I don't live with the regret. <laughs> Part of it is like, I can just take the joy in knowing like it's in writing. It's in our text thread. 
I put it out. It's not like I, I'm just telling someone like, oh, I felt like that was going to be three, one, like, no, nah, it's in writing. Like I, I can prove that that was what I said. The final was going to be. Well, now we can it's immortalized. That you should have made that. Made it's that immortalized <laughs> on a, on a podcast too. So now For it's sure. not just in writing, but it's also Chris. I feel like I won that 12 plus 1200. I feel like you I threw a hundy on that. Let's just, let's just say you I threw did. a hundy on it. I did. Well, Tim, um, tell us a little bit about that match. And obviously there's huge significance for Liverpool and for the future of this rest of this season. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, what a weird game, right? I mean, playing against Norwich at home, you're expecting, you're expecting honestly a three, one win, right? Like that's, I think coming in and that was part of, part of, uh, what was so amazing about Chris's was like, it was in like minute 62 with, with Liverpool down one nil, he said that, right. But like going into the game, three, one Liverpool is pretty like, that would be a pretty like understandable score, but I mean, scoreless at the half Liverpool had a bunch of chances, bunch of possession. Norwich had a bit of, had a few chances, but, um, then it was in the second half. I forget exactly where first part of the second half, uh, that unfortunate own goal. There's not much Matt tip or Allison can do on that. It's just, it happens fast. And, Allison's moving to get the ball. Matip sticks out a leg and it just deflects into the opposite corner. So unfortunate there. Um, 64th minute acrobatic bicycle kick for Mane. Um, what to me is the most amazing is that it doesn't, it almost like doesn't look premeditated. It seems like he's turned around and just kind of instinctually does things with his body that defy explanation. And he gets the ball um, to like he he does things with his body that defy explanation in order to get to the ball and with the right timing have the presence of mind to knock it where it needs to go so I know he didn't hit it cleanly but for me that's goal of the week hands down um, soon after the assist of the week Allison looking down the pitch spots Salah on one of those incredible Salah runs does what he needs to do kind of like lays a couple of Norwich defenders and the keeper down on the ground um, and then kind of a weak right-footed shot to put in the net um, and then Luis Diaz, um, Henderson's pass to him is great. So good to see him, you know, blending into the attack, um, a nice little late season addition. So, um, it ends three, one, which is what it probably should have been, uh, going into the game. But like, I think it very easily could have been six, one or six nil, all the chance, all the chances we had. And then the bad luck with the own goal, but most important for sure is picking up three points on city. Just so you know, that is not that wasn't considered an own goal. Um, it wasn't. No, it was a goal, and I think because so the own goal rules are uh, for you guys. If you didn't realize, it even if it if it just deflects off a player, that doesn't matter. If the if the shot is on target, it's considered they're given the goal uh, to the player. So an own goal is only if they like change the trajectory and off if it, if it would have clearly been if it away clearly from would have been away from target and then they knock it in like that poor, which is crazy though in this case because it was it, he was shooting it right at right where allison was he wouldn't have scored it if matip didn't touch it yeah i think i mean and i think that's it's a rule that really makes sense like because how do you really know right yeah. so it's like if the goal is on target you give it to the player for putting a good strike on it yeah um, if it's off target, it's an own goal. Well, good for the striker then that he gets it in his column. Yeah. And that Matip doesn't get it in his. 
yeah negative negatively right and I'll, well, I'll just throw one thing out there to him. I, I didn't yeah. feel like it could have been 6-1, 7-1. I thought it could have been like 14-2. <laughs> Wait, you think Allison was going to allow two goals? I'm offended. There, was, there, were a couple, <laughs> there were a couple of moments like where Pookie was coming in one-on-one yeah, yeah. or where it was like, oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but it definitely felt like Liverpool only scoring three was a giant letdown for Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing, right? Is I mean, like to have Mane, to have Salah both scoring as you like rightly predicted they would, and then have Diaz come in and score. It's like a three-one score line. You're not like, oh my gosh, this anemic attack that can't score goals. And yet, that is kind of how it felt watching them, right? It's like, <laughs> oh my god, is should we be worried that they only scored three goals against Norwich <laughs> under these conditions? So well, sad because I, I want to so. love Norwich and I want them to get out of the basement so bad. Yeah. Mostly for Sergeant's sake. And Pookie. Pookie's and just Pookie. a, a yeah. long time love of the pot. That's true. <laughs> well, that gives us a little bit of a title race. Obviously, there's still six points that separate Liverpool and City, but uh, Liverpool has a game in hand this week, midweek. So should they win that, they'll be three points back with still a match against city. So in my, in my books, that's as good as you're going to get, right? Like you want to win the title. If you're going to win the title, you got to beat the team that's ahead of you. And so um, Liverpool with a win midweek, I think the best team will win the title, right? Like whoever can string together the most, the most wins and whoever, probably who wins the match between them will have the upper hand. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Cause it's like, I want the race so bad. And the fact that it's now a race, I can't bitch that it's only man city and Liverpool in the race. Like I just have to accept that. Like, okay, I got a race. I can't, I can't be mad. I can't be mad. We got a race. That it's like your crosstown Derby rival and your longest, longest standing nemesis. Yeah, and honestly, I have no idea which of those two teams I would rather win. Have yeah. win. Like, I I think just like looking at it, I guess I would rather have Liverpool take it um, than Man City. But like when they play each other, I'm not rooting for one team or the other, or maybe, totally. maybe, maybe that's what will happen is I'll watch that match this year and I'll find myself leaning one way or another. Just, just place a bet on Mane and Salah both scoring and then, and then let your heart follow your bet. There you go. <laughs> the great thing about this, right. Is the goal differential is only, there's only a two goal differential and it's, it's, it, it's not, outlandish well it's probably expected that liverpool wins their midweek match by two goals you know like another 3-1 another 3-1 victory seems about right um against lead leads well leads ships goals like it's going out of style so it could be so maybe a maybe a seven five (laughs) whatever it is but i think i think to come out of this midweek at least with them being only three points back goal differential being tied, you know, yeah. is, is probably likely. So um, it's exciting. And, and if there's such thing as momentum, like this is a good time to be catching on and a good time for city to, to be showing some cracks. Like 
we'll we'll have to see, right? Like it could be that this is just a tiny blip and City go on and win every single game from here on out. Like I wouldn't put it past them. But yeah. I just hope that this puts some cracks, this like forms some wedges. I just hope they break apart. Of course. That's what it'll take. Yeah. Liverpool City is April 9th. So it's towards the end of the year too, which is great. I don't know what match week that is, but that's probably Matt. It's probably around 32, 33, 34. Yeah. So um, that'll be, that'll be a must watch, must watch weekend. Well, the, the battle for number four continues to be exciting. Manchester United with an important three points uh, against war of roses rival Leeds United uh man you went up to two nil then Leeds came storming back but Chris why don't you uh talk about that one yeah it was uh war of the roses and and like I said last week you know styles make fights and this is one of those styles make matches type of games where I really wasn't worried about it because of United just kind of handling leads the last few times that they played other than last year when it was at, um, at Leeds. So, um, yeah, United came out two nil at halftime and they've got to figure out, I want to, I want to know what's going on in that dressing room, uh, during halftime because, uh, earlier in the week they beat Brighton two nil, no big deal. But in the previous two games to that, they, you know, they were up one nil against Burnley, came out from half, gave up a goal almost immediately. Up one nil against Southampton, came out from half, gave up a goal almost immediately. Up two nil against Leeds this week, come out from half, give up two goals almost immediately. And that is troubling to me. And so, like, I don't know what's going on at halftime. The, you know, like the good and the bad of being a, a Manchester United fan is there's so many articles written. There's so much stuff out there. There's so much who knows what's true, who knows what, you know, what's not. And so there's so many articles out there about power struggles within the squad, power struggles within the coaches, power struggles between coaches and players. People want Harry Maguire to step down. They say, no, it's a lie. Ronaldo says it's a lie, but Ronaldo wants a captaincy. It's just crazy. I don't really care about all that stuff. I just want you to play good for 90 minutes. I, I maybe 93 minutes or 95 minutes. That would work really well for me. Um, but they came out from half, gave up their two goal lead, made subs that people were criticizing. They brought Fred on um, and Fred freaking scored what came out to be the game winner. So uh, really interesting match. Uh, Ralph with some great substitutions at the right time uh, to get that, that two goal lead back. And, you know, they went four two, much needed three points. If you're just looking at the schedule, you know, United hasn't lost in their last five premier league matches, they two, three wins and two draws in those five games. So you hope that the trajectory is going in the right direction, especially those two draws, you know, against Southampton and Burnley could have been wins. Um, so they're in the race for fourth. That's the reality of where they're at. Um, and they need to play good. They've got, you know, champions league games coming up this week. So, you know, there's no let up in the schedule. The, the good news is that they get Watford next weekend, uh, which 
Lord willing, they don't give up however many goal lead that they might have at halftime in the second half and they can actually get those three points because the schedule flips on them very quickly uh, with City coming up, Tottenham coming up, another Champions League match, Liverpool, Leicester. Um, there's a, it, it's, the schedule gets for real. And I think we're about to find out what this club's actually made of. Yeah, I think you I think you always want to be in the right position, right? So to be in fourth right now, that's where you want to be, but you definitely got to there's there got to be some it's it feels like a bit of a false positioning in some ways with, you know, teams behind you with games in hand and such a brutal run of run of fixtures ahead of you, you know, we're starting to get into that second part of the second half of the season where you know who you play matters again, kind of like what we've talked about before, where you need to, you need to look at who's playing who, and eventually that'll even out as the season goes on. But, um, but United, yeah. In the same way, I think wolves this, this month was significant for wolves. And this week in particular, uh, this upcoming month for United with two champions league matches, plus that run of fixtures you just mentioned is going to be, it's going to be a brutal run and we'll see like if they can hang. So speaking of wolves, it wolves have done everything they've needed to do. Really. They had the, the one loss to, to Arsenal, but they've won four or five um, staying right there in contention with uh, the rest of the teams for that fourth spot. But again, this, this week, I've been saying it for a month, for almost a month, like this month matters. These are all the other teams who are battling for that number four spot. And if we want it, we got to beat them all um, or at least not drop too many points. And they've done that so far. And now these next two matches are going to be the ones that kind of sh- like cap it off. So Wolves have Arsenal midweek to make up their postponed match from earlier. And then they face West Ham on the weekend. So, uh, two really big matches for wolves. Um, and then after that, they've got a pretty, pretty cake schedule. Um, they've got their next like six matches, basically all of March and into half of April is against the bottom dwellers. And so another Tim and I were looking at it earlier today and obviously 18 points is ridiculous. But when you look, if you look at each match individual, individually, you think, oh yeah, that's a match Wolves should win. So um, they've got to build up points because they will still have City, Chelsea and and uh, and Liverpool. They finished the, the season against Liverpool, which should be fun. Tim and I were dreaming a little bit that it would be fun if that match was just as significant for Liverpool's title hopes as it is for, for Wolves to, to get fourth. Wolves had a, had a, I, it was a good win this weekend. Um, it was significant in that they played like garbage and they got the win. Right. And I think that's like, that's a sign of a team that is, is good is that they can play. And it wasn't fluky. They just, the right things happened at the right time. And maybe it's a little bit of like things working out, you know, cause we could look at the Lester match from earlier in the season and say, Oh, it's, you know, Wolves played so great and they lost. So 
maybe is a little bit of things just kind of evening out as the season goes on, but wolves really played horribly. If you look at the stats, I mean, it was like 65, 35 possession, the amount of touches uh, and passes Lester had, they had way more shots, shots on goal, everything about it. But uh, Neves and Podence with, with great goals and um, even more significantly, Pedro Neto's back. He's been out for 10 months. He's kind of our young, our young superstar in the making. So he came on as in an appearance towards the end of the match, which was, which was really great. Um, and then Huang's back from injury, Johnny Otto's back. Um, the Wolves bench, which at one time was filled with academy players and three key, or two keepers now is filled with guys who can start for wolves. So it, it was once like a real weak point for wolves. Now there's some strength. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope among wolves fans right now. Obviously they're playing great. They're getting the wins when they need them. And there's some, some top four aspirations. So really exciting. Uh, next 12 matches or whatever's left 14 matches. Um, a couple other of just the top four teams, Arsenal continues to play good in some ways, seems like they might be in the driver's seat with so many games in hand. Um, and they're playing well. So I think, you know, if all thing, all things considered, it feels like it's Arsenal's to lose, even though United's in that number four spot, um, West Ham just can't, can't put it together. It seems like they might be slipping a little bit which would be great if that's true for wolves. Um, and then it does feel like there's maybe a relegation battle brewing guys. Uh-huh. Love it. I just love races. I don't care if it's at the top or bottom. Let's go top, bottom <laughs> or middle. Let's give us a race. So Watford Burnley and Norwich are at the bottom. Uh, one point separating all of them. Newcastle, who's been on a great run of form, they haven't lost in the last five matches. They've pulled themselves up to 17th. They're four points ahead of Watford in the relegation zone. Everton, who is just a damn mess, they are also at 22 points. They're in 16th. And then I would even stretch all the way up to Brentford at 14 and say Brentford isn't completely safe. They haven't won in a long time. They've lost four or five. Um, and they have 26 matches. So, uh, all the teams below Brentford have games in hand, and that's probably the most concerning thing for them. Um, so I think over the next, you know, over the next couple of weeks, as, as some of these games in hand get sorted out, there's a good possibility. We're going to see this 14 through 20 gap shrink a little bit. Yeah. And can I just say how sad I'll be if our relegated teams are Brentford, Norwich, and Watford? Like, <laughs> I, this is something I hate about like the three promoted clubs just immediately going back down. I don't want to see that at all. It hasn't happened in uh, soccer neophyte history, right? Yeah. They've always had at least one club stay. At up. least one yeah. team has has always stayed up. I think it was Wolves the first season, Aston Villa the second. And then I don't know who it Leeds. was. Leeds. Leeds. 
leads last year. Yeah. So yeah, that would be, that'd be tragic. I think Brentford's got a lot. Like I think they've got enough of a gap, but my question for you guys is between Brentford Leeds, Everton and Newcastle, which team do you feel should feel the most hopeful to stay up and which team should be the most nervous? I would say without Newcastle's playing and what they did in that transfer window, I think they added enough pieces and talent there to probably keep themselves up. So I'd, I'd be feeling best if I'm Newcastle. Leeds is a nightmare right now. Um, yeah. And I mean, Brentford is sitting in 14th, but they've played more games than everybody. And so I, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable if I'm in Brentford. You know, they've played four more matches than Burnley at this point. Or seven points ahead yeah. of them. So it's not like Brentford can just rest easy and be like, we're okay. We're in 14th, guys. We're good. Um, you know, the COVID suspensions has like really caused some interesting like thoughts on where all these teams actually are versus where yeah. they're at in the standings. Yep. Tim, how about you? Yeah, I would want to be Newcastle by a long shot. Of, of every club that's 14 to 20, I'd want to be Newcastle right now. They've got all the moment. I mean, 11 points in five games is like, is for sure top four, like run of form. You know yeah. what I mean? And for, and I don't remember the last time I've seen a club that was like in the relegation conversation this late in the season on a run like that. Generally, teams that are this far down are just like, this far down right there's only three teams to that to that point there's only three teams that haven't lost in their last uh five matches and it's united liverpool and newcastle all right (laughs) newcastle's coming for us no but i mean like if if you if you look one thing i i sometimes have done the last few years is like you look at it's like a kind of a rule of thumb if you look at matches played and points and if you can like double the matches played uh, so like if your points are double the matches played, if that makes sense, you're, you're pretty good shape for top four. And if you're, and if you average a point per match played, you're generally safe from relegation. So it's totally like just a, a rough rule of thumb. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. And so when you look at that, like you see just how rare points are for relegation zone clubs. So even Burnley, that's only played 22 games, it's kind of tantalizing to look at that and say, they've got four games in hand on Brentford, right? But they're averaging well under one point per game. And so what it would take for Burnley to leapfrog Brentford in four games is like a pretty, it's like a long shot, you know? Yeah, that's so, what we're talking. So, I think, so all the more to say what Newcastle has done the last five games. And I don't even know if you go back further than that. I'm just seeing the, the last five here. I don't know what they're, you know, six, seven games backward, but, but that's incredible what they've done. So, and it's not a fluke, right. To Chris's point, they brought in Trippier, they brought in some other guys. They're just looking really dangerous. So. Well, and that's what I find. I mean, what's interesting is when we're talking top four, right. And I'm talking about wolves, like, Hey, it's realistic over the next six matches for them. It's not realistic, but when you look at it, you think, Oh, that's they could get 18. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But that's, I think the difference here, right. Is when Burnley has four games in hand, they probably have to hope for like six points 
out of those four matches. That would be a miracle. Right. <laughs> and that only gets them so far. So yeah. they've got to get three draws and a and a and a victory, or you know, like yeah. they're trying to get they're trying to some of these teams are trying to draw their way into safety. For sure. And we haven't really touched on them. I think we've talked about it over the past couple of weeks, though. But like I still can't quite wrap my head around the fact that Everton is down there. And here's what's even scarier because I mean, they're in 16th right now, so they're barely out of there and they got a couple of games that they got to make up, but their schedule sucks. <laughs> like, listen to this. Okay. They've got city this weekend. Oh man. That's tough. Coming off a and, loss too. Yeah. City coming off angry. a loss to Southampton. They got city next this coming weekend. Then they've got Spurs wolves. They play Newcastle, who we just talked about. They're playing better than, than Everton for sure. Then they get Watford, so they've got a little bit of a break. West Ham, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Like, Man, that's brutal. By April, they play Liverpool on the 23rd. We might be talking. Oh, and then they followed up with Chelsea, so that's even <laughs> awesome. Like, that schedule is rough. We could be talking about them being down in relegation zone on April 30th with one, two, three games left to play. Like, that is crazy. Well, that's for the club that's that's never been relegated, huh? Yeah. That's a team that I would not want to be right now because there's like the psychological aspect, right? Where you've always been safe. You've, You've always been able to stay up. Yeah. And you're just, you're, you can't get it together. And then you're going to face all these teams. Like that's brutal. That's a brutal run. And yeah, I mean, it'd be a shame. I mean, I don't know. I have two things going on inside of me. One is like, you don't, Everton shouldn't be in the championship, right? Like Everton belongs in the premier league, but then there's the other side of me. That's like, that loves parody. (laughs) It's kind of like, this is great. <laughs> kind of like the way I felt towards Arsenal last year, right? Like when Arsenal had that horrible run and they looked so bad, you're kind of like, oh, if Arsenal goes to the championship, that's not, that's a good thing for us for a season. It's crazy to think of a season without two Merseyside derbies, you know, like that's, that's wild to fathom. Yeah. But it would be awesome. I, Kinda, I, yeah. I'm with you, Nate, on that one. Like, it's it's crazy to think about, and they belong in the Premier League for sure. But for a season, and it would just be fun to follow them in the championship for a season to see what they did. Get their get their crap together down there, right? Is it the curse of Is it the curse of Kyle? Like <laughs> that Kyle like chose Leeds. Leeds sucks right now, and Everton was like his other team. And Everton is so far down too. But Leeds is also like, that's the other thing. It's like, it blows my mind that they're playing so poorly. I mean, Bamford's out. I think they've had some other other significant injuries injuries. and just obviously the Bielsa style play like wears guys down, but they've got, I mean, Rafinha, he is so much fun to watch. And um, we haven't even talked about Rodrigo's goal. He had this, we were talking this earlier, like this like crazy cross. And then he was just startled to see it go into the goal. But I don't know, like there's so much talent on leads and their style of play is so much fun to watch. I would be really bummed if they get relegated. Yeah. In a way I wouldn't be with a lot of these other clubs. (laughs) 
I mean, really, yeah. like Watford, Burnley, and Norwich, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I just, yeah, wanna... I mean, all these teams from honestly from 12 down could care less other than Leeds. Like, I could I couldn't care less if any of those teams got relegated other than Leeds. They're just a fun squad to, to watch, or at least they were. <laughs> The other team I wanted to just mention briefly before we move on to some of our regular segments, but um, I just want to talk about Southampton real quick. Southampton is on a great, a really good run of form. They've been playing solid. They're up to 10th, which I picked them to get relegated. They, they lived in the, they lived towards a relegation line for quite a while, but, and this is what we know about this squad over the last few years is, they're very streaky and they, they win a ton in a row and they lose a ton in a row. And right now they're on one of those, those winning runs of form. And I like Hassan Hutel and I, in some ways, like have a little soft spot for these guys. I remember in the, um, the preseason uniform conversation, I think Nate, you made the point, like the stripes with the arrows pointing down, wondering if that was a, a bad omen. Yeah. But it's not, it's not. But I think there are up and down arrows. So the fact that they're in 10th is maybe like a perfect like manifestation of their kits. That actually feels more like Everton. Everton should have the down and the up arrows because they kind of seem about like at war with themselves, what they want to do. Yeah. Yep. Well, while we didn't have a red card this match week, we did have one midweek in the United Brighton game. Lewis Dunk with a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. He gets the straight red. I thought it was a bit of a weak call. It looked like he, he I mean, it looked like he just kind of ran into the guy. It didn't look like it was intentional, but um, seemed like a yellow, but they gave a red. Well, uh, they gave a yellow. Oh, and then the bar the got involved. That's right. <laughs> Had the ref That's look right. at it, and now it's a red. Yeah. So that was our red card for the week. It looked, it looked, if I can just say really quick, it looked like they, it was kind of like unintentional collision, but then at the last second dunk was kind of like, I'm going to make sure this guy doesn't get up with the ball. Cause, cause if he hadn't touched him, he gets up and it's an unimpeded goal. Right. Like, uh-huh. so, but it seemed, it happened very, very fast. And so if that's what dunk was doing, it was really quick thinking on his part. Right. Um, and maybe, enough, and, but it, maybe he was banking on the idea that's like, look, it was an accidental collision. We got tangled. There was nothing in it, but slow-mo from enough angles and then it'll change people's mind. <laughs> Brighton's not getting many mentions uh, on this podcast. They don't really need to. Um, they got smoked by Burnley this weekend, three, three nil, which doesn't happen very often, but they're going to get back-to-back mentions because Eves Basuma has a great looking uh, hair mustache combo right now. Maybe he's had it all season, but I don't know if I've watched him right in match. Dude, I gave, I gave him a shout earlier in the year when he had, he had like teal uh, dreads to oh, match yeah. their alternate kit. So this is that. a new this is a new look, but well now he's I got like a mustache. It. He added he does that have a stash. So that's looking good. Goal of the week, Tim. We know you you were touting Mane's 
it was Hanging nice. I, I didn't get to see it. I just saw your screenshot. And then there was a little bit of banter on our text thread uh, <laughs> on the weekend between Chris. I stand by what I said. And I, I do think I sighed a bit with Chris. It was nice, but it does look, it doesn't look very, uh, it just doesn't look elegant. Like yes. it looks like he just kind of flops his body around in a circle. It's and... an effing bicycle kick. I know, but <laughs> you're I... talking it down. No, I'm just saying like what you said. And then what Chris yeah. said, I had to like take those two pieces of information to the goal and sure. And, and decide. So, you, so this was VAR and then you overturned the ruling. On the field. <laughs> yes, I overturned your ruling. Yes. <laughs> it's a bicycle kick. Yes. It's still probably goal of the week, but it the Louvre is a bit that's I think what put it over the edge is like it wasn't beautiful it wasn't beautiful see my my goal in saying hanging in the Louvre is to then get it down to soccer neophytes goal of the week so it sounds like maybe I've accomplished that I don't know if Chris has another one he could probably go in the Phoenix Art (laughs) Phoenix Art Museum there you go um modern modern art wing you touched on uh well Rodrigo's uh cross goal if if that's intentional, and I don't think it, I I think yeah. it was a cross, and Nate and I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, if that's an intentional shot from down there, that's an incredible goal. It's so good, but it's not. I mean, I don't believe it's actually intentional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mane's goal. Like super athletic, even to get your foot on that. Like yeah. you're not going to hear anything from me. None of us could do that. No, that's a talented man scoring a goal. It just wasn't the prettiest bicycle kick. He barely gets a piece of it. It actually shoots right at the goalie. He just doesn't close his armpit to make the save before <laughs> it goes in. So uh, don't I'm bring not... armpits into this work of art. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to take anything away from that goal. Other than no, I hear you. Say, it certainly was not the prettiest bicycle kick that you're posting in um, the Louvre. Not it, even the bathroom in the Louvre would get that one. <laughs> it may have come off his shin, right? To be fair, like it right. looked like it kind of like hit his shin and his foot kind of. So I'm with you there. I think like it seems to me that the bicycle kicks that I've seen that like the ones that get shared from wherever, whatever leagues or international competitions, you see a cross come in. And you see a guy like, I know like Gareth Bale has done some, right? So you see his eyes light up. He takes steps to position himself, throws himself in the air. And it still takes incredible, like incredible um, athleticism and intuition and all that stuff to do that and timing. But that's what I think is almost more impressive about Mane's is it's like how last minute it was. Like he wasn't setting up for a bicycle kick. He was just like, I'm going to flail my body in this weird way. And it just like completely upside down. So I'll take nothing away from it. It was a goal. Yeah, It was a goal. It was a goal. (laughs) You also mentioned Allison's assist, which that's always, that's always beautiful, but I thought the best assist was Bruno on he running up the middle, he does this little flick over his shoulder. Um, I don't even remember what who scored that goal, uh, Chris. You know which one I'm talking about? The it was that was Fred's goal. Was it Fred's it? goal? Yeah, it was Fred's yeah. goal, I think, on the transition. Yep. But I just thought that flick, I mean, I don't know. 
whatever you want to say that that piece of ball movement that he had before he passed it out to Fred was was beautiful yeah there's just granted I'm fully biased make no qualms about him obviously being my favorite player in the league um, there's just something about those guys with that talent level who can kind of do whatever they want with the ball. And you just, when they do it, you're just like, good Lord. Like how are, like, I'll yeah. never be good at any one thing as they are <laughs> at that. Like there's nothing in my life. I'm going to be as good as that guy is at soccer. Yeah. Well, and while, while everyone, while you guys are getting your little like fanfare for your team, I did send a video to you guys of a near assist Daniel Podence was remarkable with his little, I oh gosh, who was he going up against? Uh, I forget who he's going up against, but he on the wing and he makes this just dances around again, same type of thing. The way his footwork was just back and forth, back and forth. And then finally gets a cross off. Ryan ain't Nuri just barely pushes it wide on the shot, but just beautiful near assist. So that gets yeah, that's on Tielemans. On Tielemans, especially. Yeah, it was yeah. Tielemans. That's right. So yeah, watching gets, right here. It's really that good. gets my uh near assist of the week. <laughs> so we can each at least have one of our players. Yeah, yeah we're and it's hey, a new a new segment on the pod. New we're segment. An, we're an equal opportunity pod here, okay? Um did we talk about, so this is the problem of talking before we record. Did we talk about Harry Maguire's slide on the pod already? Or did we, did we talk? Not. All right. So for celebrations of the week, I have one celebration of the week that I wanted to highlight and then also trash talk of the week, but uh, <laughs> celebration of the week, Harry Maguire, I saw, which, you know, my disdain, well, maybe all of our disdain for Harry Maguire. Um, yeah. He's on the Qu- Kyle Walker squad of hatred um but he's uh, just for the record he's on my Kyle Walker. I, I know i know he is. i know he is that's what i mean i think we all alongside fred um you know what no i i i would never put fred on that list because fred is a likable person yeah that's true just because i don't love fred's skill level on the pitch doesn't mean i don't dislike the guy because he seems like a super lovable dude yeah for sure for sure good clarification so Harry Maguire, I, but I just saw a tweet earlier of Harry Maguire clarifying why he slid towards Leeds fans on uh, one of his or after his goal. And apparently one of his his mates is a is a big Leeds fan. So he wasn't included in the picture, but he was sliding towards him, basically rubbing it in. So I like that. Well, and and you can see like not even knowing that story when I was watching it, you could see there was a moment of hesitation. Like he had for like a split second, he was about to go to the other corner towards United fans. And then he like pulled a Yui. And I will say too, the other thing, it was raining heavy in that game. And so you could see like certain stomps, there was splashes. So he got great knee slide action on that. And he was able to kind of slide and spin I noticed it when, when, when I was watching the highlights and I noted it as like a great celebration, but I didn't want to celebrate it because it was Harry Maguire until I heard the final like part of the story. And I was like, okay, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And trash talk of the week. We didn't mention this in last week's episode um, for whatever reason, but Kurt Zuma's 
issues with kicking animals. His cat in particular got a lot of uh, attention, national attention in England and uh, around the soccer world, kind of horrible behavior. But apparently during the match, Chris Wood uh, was meowing at him the entire match. And even so much that they were complaining to the refs that he was doing it, which what's a ref going to do? Like, yeah, don't kick your freaking cat, dude. And he won't get me out at during a match. Like, I think that's the most amazing part of the story is that they actually had the gall to complain to the referee. Like, you know, these guys talk shit the whole game, but like, oh, sorry, he's been meowing at him for 63 minutes now. I think you need to tell him to stop. Like, no, that's hilarious. Dude, that is so freaking funny. Love stop meowing when you stop kicking cats. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, let's go to the lock it in review. Um, Tim continues to widen his lead. Uh, Tim got two victories this week, his United over Brighton makeup pick midweek, and then Arsenal over Brentford. That brings him to 18 and seven. My slide continues. I finally got to choose uh, City and they let me down. I dropped to 15 and 10. Tim has a three game lead, feels uh, insurmountable at this point. Uh, And Chris falls back to 500 with West Ham. He picked West Ham over Newcastle. That was a draw. He's at 12 and 12 with a game in hand, which will get made up this midweek because he took Liverpool over Leeds earlier in the season. Uh, And Chris, who are you going with your other pick? Yeah, I love this week. I love this week because I get my Liverpool over Leeds feels just better today than it did when I made that pick. So that's awesome. Um, but guys, I made a tactical error and that tactical error was I got to the bus stop and I got off and I started walking and I went the wrong direction and, uh, realizing that I needed to get back on the bus to get to where I need to go. So you made the right decision getting yeah. on the city bus because they lost this week. What you should have done is got on a different bus besides West Ham's. Yeah, well, but I got off that bus a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you did. That was a tactical error. So we're getting back on the bus. We're you're getting, the back right on, you're getting back on the city bus, but the city bus seems to have some engine trouble. So we'll see how that journey to the office goes for you tomorrow. Yes, but either way, guys, I'm taking Manchester City over the struggling Everton. Fair enough. Oh, because there are only eight matches there's matches midweek of course but there's only eight matches over the weekend because the carabao cup final is this weekend liverpool versus chelsea which is very unfortunate because i don't get to choose from those teams city's already taken and the rest of the matches are very close challenging matches i almost took newcastle um but and even the teams that i would want to take are on the road that made it more problematic And I took a step back and I just thought, what team's in great form? What team is in less than great form? And I decided to go with Wolves over West Ham. I know it's risky, but all the matches this week are risky after City Everton uh, out of the ones we can choose, of course. So I'm going Wolves West Ham. Feels risky, but it's all that was left. Tim, who are you going with? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with... Tottenham over Leeds. 
I don't really have much to say about that, except for that's what I'm going with. I don't feel great about it. I never really feel great picking Tottenham, and I don't root against Leeds. But it seemed like the best choice available to me. Yep. You did consider West Ham over Wolves. I did. Yeah, I asked you if it was allowed to pick the opposite lock, and you said it was. It is allowed. It's happened. It's happened this season, I think. Yeah. I think I did it with Kemi. Do you guys remember uh, Kemi? He was yeah. – uh... I do. He was our neophyte the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. He's a good guy. He is. He's a great guy. He's more concerned with little Debbie snacks than the <laughs> podcast these days, but that's all right. <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't like Swiss cake rolls. No. They're no. so good. I'm not even a chocolate guy, and they're so good. I mean, I would eat them if they were here because I love desserts. But if you laid out like all the little Debbie snacks, I, they would fall very far to the middle, probably the middle. No, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a little Debbie anything. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, in, in Pennsylvania, Guatemala. there are these things called tasty cakes. Tasty cakes. Yeah. Tasty cakes. Cake with a K. Yes. Tasty cake. I have to be honest. I married a woman from Philadelphia. Okay. I heard for years about how amazing tasty cakes are. <laughs> I had tasty cakes. Did you go to a Wawa or a in Sheets Philadelphia or Philadelphia from a Wawa. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, these are fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. But Chris, I'm not going to fight you on that. I'm going <laughs> to pick my battles. I'm going to defend Mane. I'm not going to defend tasty cakes to you. Yeah. I, again, I didn't say they're bad. <laughs> I was just like, ah, they didn't live up to the hype, but I'm kind of with Nate. Like I love desserts. And I have a sweet tooth. Um, So it worked out well. But yeah, I would much rather have like some of the little Debbie stuff that we were going back and forth on Twitter today about than I would a tasty cake. Mm. I wish I had some oatmeal cream pies right now, but those are great. We have some good matches over the, the weekend. Uh, Carabao Cup final, as we as we mentioned, Liverpool, Chelsea, whether that cup matters or not, that's a good match between those teams. It'll and be it, oh, it matters so much this year. We'll just say. Yeah, this year. We have I Chelsea. told you nobody care about that cup at all. <laughs> we have we have uh, Champions League uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, we have United United plays Atalanta Wednesday. that Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Atletico. Or yep. Atletico, Atletico. After the uh, disastrous Champions League draw results, oh, <laughs> they yeah. had to redo it three times because oh, yeah. they tried to throw it. That's my favorite conspiracy theory: is that they tried to throw the draw on live national television and then had to redo it because it got because because pe- people noticed. Yes, that's funny. Well. That that match in particular, there's some history between Ronaldo and Atletico. I think from his Juventus days or something. There's from some, his Real Madrid days, probably. From his Real Madrid days, there's there's some there's some. I think it crossed over into Juventus too, Maybe. where they. I think Atletico Atletico was ahead in the Champions League, like quarterfinals oh, okay. or something, like two two nil or something, and they were trash talking Ronaldo, and then they went back and he scored a hat trick or there's some like crazy story okay. there with him like leading them 
to a comeback victory or something. So one, well, the, the manager, the coach of Atletico is escaping me right now. I can picture him, but he's that, like, he's really, um, really emotional, really like he really rattles opponents. Uh, what's his name? Diego Simeon. That's it. Yeah. He, he, like, I can see like people hating him, opponents hating him. Um, and then Suarez for sure on Atletico. Be yeah, a good game. <laughs> no, it should be a great match. And then Chelsea plays plays Lil. Yep. Lille, Lil. So that's Champions League uh Tuesday, Wednesday. And then over the weekend, uh, well, I don't for, for Wolves, I think the Arsenal Wolves match on Thursday and West Ham Wolves match are, are matches to watch. They're their battles for fourth place and they're pretty significant for the league. Uh, during a weekend that other than the Carabao, I think most of the matches are kind of, they may be close and hard to call, but maybe not super significant. I'll be rooting for Wolves this week. Thanks. Gentlemen, that's it. Nice work, boys. All right, all right. Kemi, what match are you going to watch this weekend? I I think he's on mute. Kimmy, no, you're on mute. Kimmy. Kimmy's been, <laughs> been on mute for like four months. Kimmy's going to be back with a bang. He's going to finish out the season. He's going to finish so and strong. He's going to choose Liverpool. <laughs> He'll have incomplete information, but it'll be all he needs. I think he chose <laughs> Liverpool after the first week, and now he's just like, I'm done. I'll just hop on at the end to tell him I chose Liverpool. I do think, that's, I do think that's possible. I don't think it was a conspiracy. I don't think it was it was intentional, but I think he fell in love that first week. No doubt. I think that he fell in love before the first week because of his brother. Um, but he may not be allowed to pick him according to our rules. Oh, that's true. Oh, I would we have a race, boys. We talked about this. That's true. We do have a race. All right, gentlemen. I'm going to try and take care of this cold. And edit. Rest up, man. All right. Glazers out, boys. This is out. Adios.